You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 37, Condensation and Toxic Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we're talking about condensation. Now, there's a lot of people who are going to be like, what does condensation have to do with mold? <laughs> it has a lot, actually. Um, you know, obviously, so by definition, um, condensation is the conversion of vapor or gas to a liquid state. And so one of the things that contributes to a mold issue is what? Moisture. Moisture. Yep. So... So it, it's it's got a lot to do with mold, and most people just they don't really think about it. They just think, oh, that's just natural. So what does it have to do with mold? It has a lot to do with mold, just because, like I said, it's it's changing that vapor to a liquid. Well, and I guess my question would be: I always think of condensation as when I see the window fogged up or the mirror in the bathroom fogged up. How do you manage something that, like you said, is natural? How do you manage that and help it not cause a mold issue? So for the most part, you know, when you, you were talking about like in the in the bathroom, you know, that's something that happens throughout the year. Whereas most of the condensation that we typically see or, you know, that are they're cause more or major concerns is the best way to word it is usually in the winter time okay because what happens is you have those extreme temperature differences and that's what causes it okay. so so you know that's why especially around here you know it's so warm here that that was sarcasm people it is cold 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 here um but that's why you have like that condensation on the windows or sometimes even here it ices up and that's because you have on an exterior window 
when I say exterior, it's on the inside of the window. Um, you have extreme cold on the outside and then extreme, not extreme, but it's warm inside. Exactly. So you have those temperature differences that, that take that vapor and create water with it. So okay. in the bathroom to control it, to go back to your question, to control it in the bathroom is totally different than on a window. So in a bathroom, and I've said this before, you either, and, and people might think I'm crazy when I say you need to not shower as hot. And oh, that wouldn't I, work for me. <laughs> and that's the thing. So <laughs> that would not work for me. I was going to bring up, so what do you do ever since I brought it to your attention? <laughs> See, well, you're talking to the wrong person because I'm the worst for all of this stuff. I spill the bathtub water over the side. I take super hot showers and everything is fogged up. So <laughs> I'm not the one. But after I take a shower because our, what is that fan? The exhaust fan mm-hmm. doesn't really do a good job because I shower so hot. I leave the door open and I leave the exhaust fan on for quite a while until it right. comes down in there. So you take further preventative measures yeah. than what's there. Yep. And... So, and my whole point with that is, is, is first and foremost, you have to recognize that it's an issue. Yeah. You can't just look at it and go, well, you can, like you told me, you're like, well, I, I told you, you need to lower the temperature and you pretty much said, no, nope. I'm not. <laughs> so, if, but you had your options and I told you, hey, then we're going to have to take other preventative measures and it works. So you can't just say, well, I'm not going to lower the temperature in my shower you have to, to do like you were saying, or, you know, you can... Can you open a window if you have a, a good window in the bathroom, mm-hmm. meaning to let the air out? Now, I wouldn't, once again, I wouldn't recommend that in the, the winter time. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can, and that, that's a great way to do it. Or you can upgrade your ceiling, your exhaust fan. Okay. And most fans, um, and they're, they're rated by CFMs, cubic feet per minute, so that's the airflow. Well, it's would be suction. They're usually like one, about 110, 120. You can either um, buy a higher CFM fan or you can add a second one, which isn't as easy if you're not handy like me. But you can add, you know, you can upgrade your fan or open a window. There's There's many other measures you can take. But make sure you do that. How do you, so you said CF, CFM. So if somebody's listening to this and they're going, Oh, I like hot showers too. I better upgrade my exhaust fan. What CFMs am I like? How do I go to Home Depot or Lowe's and ask for an upgraded CFM? Well, you just you would go and actually look yourself okay. and say, okay, you know, do they offer? And they're probably not going to offer much higher than 120 okay. CFM fan. But just go in and look. Like it's no different than if you're looking for a ceiling fan. You're looking at you know, is it a 42 inch fan? Is it a you know? 48 and that's the length of the blades that's what you it's not the length of the blades but the circumference um you just look at the box and it'll tell you just so the higher the say, cfm yes. the better it is for yep. people who really love hot showers yep it has more suction you know we use um you know i just used it the other day there i was doing um uh testing and ended up being a mold inspection Ironically, in their bathroom, they actually, in the master or main hallway bathroom, they had cardboard up in there. And, you know what, that's first, I I noticed that. And so I asked the, my clients, I said, well, why do you have cardboard in there? And they said, well, it gets, 
it, 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 the air drafts down. Of course, it's cold here, and so it causes a draft. Well, the the fan they had in there was old, and it was one of those direct vents, meaning it was just a fan, and then the the flue went straight up through the roof. Whereas nowadays, you, know, you usually have a fan that has a light in it, and then you just hook up like your dryer vent, and it runs to a soffit. So, you know. My point is, is they had in their bathroom, they, they, they didn't even have a functional fan in the wintertime. But whereas the other bathroom, there was a fan. And I actually, ironically, this lady has, she's big on humidity. <laughs> it just was odd because I, I, I actually asked her, I said, why are you big on humidity? And she says, well, supposedly it keeps you healthy and blah, blah, blah. But she actually, she would leave water in the tub. And she thought it was helping the humidity. She had little things of water on, like, her fireplaces. From a mold perspective, I was like, no, 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 don't do this. But anyhow, going back to what I was going to say is, is we have an instrument that we actually can check the suction. And so I checked the suction in the bathroom, and it was actually pulling, like, 160 CFM. And it probably was only 120 fan. Okay. So we can, on the you know, as a specialist, we have the equipment to make sure you have a sufficient fan. Okay. So I know I answered your question and then I went way past that. But Well, I'm going to take you down another rabbit hole because you just made me think of something. How do saunas not have mold? I know a lot of people in really expensive houses, they have in they have sauna rooms in their homes. How do saunas which produce so much heat and I guess humidity, how do they not have mold issues? Well, a lot of them it depends on, you know, I've seen ones where you for couple grand you can buy them and it's i'm not gonna say it's a portable unit but it is um they have they have exhaust fans hooked up in them and you know most of those because a sauna and i'm not that familiar with saunas because i don't even think maybe once or twice in my life i've sat in one (laughs) but i'm not i'm big on no humidity um but the reason why they don't uh typically have mold issues is because it's all like built into the system where you turn you know you turn these timers on yeah and then once once the the actual the rocks that you put the water in once those go through its cycle the fan keeps running Ah, okay Okay. but i have seen you know where we live obviously there's not a whole lot of that or indoor pools but i have seen you know people that have issues and a lot of it goes back to improper ventilation but they i've seen a lot of pools that have mold on the walls and it it's typically because they usually use cedar mm-hmm. and they didn't they don't have a clear coat on it so okay so a lot of it is prevention yes and maintain maintenance right. and and another thing too though is, is for those of our listeners that use saunas if you can smell a moldy musty smell i don't care if it's at your house or at the gym or wherever fitness club I would not use it. I mean, exactly. you, you, there could be mold in them, and you just don't know about it. Absolutely. So, so it's something just to just to think about because when I think about condensation, I've always thought of condensation as it just is what it is. It, it's just naturally present. It's naturally occurring. Right. And so, being as you would say, situational awareness is everything, right? So, with condensation and mold, where are the most common areas that people should be on the lookout? for those those kinds of condensation mold issues so it's funny you say that it's just natural so is mold 
<laughs> so, so you can, it, it's all in the eye of the beholder. But for the most part, so you mentioned a bathroom. A bathroom, the, the reason why I would say the bathroom's your number one concern is because you can have condensation in there year round. Okay, that's true. And, and so I would really monitor the bathrooms. Also, um, crawl spaces and attics. So those are the most common areas. We mentioned windows, um, depending on, you know, what type of windows you have. If they are wood um, and they're not treated properly, that mold can start growing. You know, the condensation happens, then the mold happens, and it starts growing into the wood. Oh. If they're vinyl, um, you'll see it's trying to grow, but it's on a non-cellulose material, so, really so you can wipe it off. Okay. But but that's that's where I'd be most concerned is, is those areas. And really, for attics and crawl spaces, aren't those areas that are easy to ignore because you're not in them all the time? Right, right. And so it, it's funny uh, talking about a crawl space. So, so we have a mitigation job coming up um, that I went and did a bit on just a couple of weeks ago, and it's in this area. So, um, for those of you that don't know, it's cold here. I don't know if I've told you <laughs> that yet, but it's really cold here. <laughs> Hopefully, you're warm where you're at. Um, what it is is so. In their crawl space, and it's just a four-foot crawl space, so I go down in there, and ironically, they thought it was just this little area above their water heater. So I go down there to take a look at it, and I do my CSI investigation, because even if someone says, hey, can you just come look at this? I get down the crawl space, and I started checking. So I pulled the insulation back at the rim board, which is your your floor joists at the end of those have a rim board on it. So you're, that's right at the foundation, if that makes sense. So you're right at the foundation wall. Well, what was happening, and I could see ice. I could see it on the sill plate. I could see it on the rim board. The insulation had mold on it. Um, And they had no idea about it. And what was causing that, so so I I, I crawled down there. I look at all their stuff. (laughs) Lo and behold, that little issue above their water heater was nothing compared to everything else. Their entire, pretty much the entire crawl space at the foundation, so the whole perimeter of it, has mold concerns because of condensation. Uh-huh. So going back to what we just talked about, how would there be condensation there? The, no ventilation. Exactly. So so then, then I, 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 I'm looking for ventilation ports down there. This home is not that old. I think built in 2013 or I can't remember when. It's new enough it should have had vents. Can't see a single vent down there. So there I go, red flag, we have ventilation issue. At the end of the day, it's being caused because lack of ventilation. Well, where we live, you kind of have to close those up or your pipes are going to freeze. It's it's cold here. Yeah. And we hit. Yeah. I think our highs lately have been like 10 or 15 yeah. degrees. Not fun. Like 30 is a heat wave exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> so. 30 is sweatshirt weather here. <laughs> so you can't really, you know, you can't, you should have those open and have your pipes insulated, but most people don't. So anyhow, the moral of the story with that was, is we had to come out or come up with a solution as to how we were going to have proper ventilation in that crawl space without opening those vents. And the way that they're going to do that is, is um, and I recommend it, obviously, to put exhaust fans down there on humidistats. And the humidistat is similar to your thermostat, but you set the humidity, which I always recommend 40%. And so if the humidity gets over 40%, they'll kick on and suck the air out. 
So that that's the solution with that. But a crawl space, and they they had no idea that the that much mold was going on down there because it was covered with the insulation. Like you said, they, most people never go down there. I mean, I'll bet you most people that have attics in their homes, I know around here you don't, we don't use them as storage, but how often do people get up in their attics? Probably not much at all. Right, never. Yeah. I mean, unless there's an issue. So, so like you said, they are areas that most people, they don't pay attention to. So, Make sure, because we go, I, we have it um, on our checklist, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we do. That you need to go down in your crawl space and up in your attic and check things. And if not, I know we do podcasts that we talk about that. So Absolutely. Which, if you haven't signed up for the mold investigation checklist, please go to cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for it. It's definitely something that even if you don't feel like you need right now, at some point you're going to need it. And you're going to want something that you can just print out and go step by step and check it off. Right. And when they sign up for that, and I'm not real good with the technology side of that, that's why we have people like you. But when they sign up for that, don't they sign up for like a monthly or every two weeks? They yeah, get they get an newsletter? email every two weeks, which okay. keeps your education on what to do with that checklist going. Right, right. And I, I mean, I know I design all the content for it. So I guess I'm just telling our listeners, you actually, every two weeks... You're going to get an email from me. It's not very long. I don't flood your email. I don't sell your email addresses. It's a great it's a great tool to have because every two weeks, just like our Facebook page, which exactly. that's every week, but you're getting free, free information from me. Yep. That's powerful. So then, okay, so I, I'm taking it that you would suggest that homeowners go into their attics and their crawl spaces bathrooms that they're looking for condensation mold links how often though so my call to action for for this episode would be that go so so as far as your attic and your crawl space you know i would say as needed but to most people that's pretty vague but make sure you're going down there in the fall and in the spring um especially your crawl space in the spring because if you're having moisture issues you're really going to see it then but going back to what i just told you about what we experienced with one of our clients, go down there this time of year, in the middle of the winter, go down there, make sure you don't have condensation issues because you're not going to see that in the spring or the fall. Your attic, same thing. Um, remember this when you go up in your attic, though. It's going to be wintertime. It's going to be really cold up there. Summertime, it's going to be really hot. Yeah. And that's because the insulation's doing its job. So make sure. Now, I'm going to ask you a random question because I've never really gone into a crawl space or an attic. If somebody's like me and they hate mice and they hate bugs and they hate snakes or any kind of critters that could be living in those places, how do they deal with going into those places? Should they hire somebody to go into those places for them? If you don't like critters, yeah, then you probably should hire somebody. And because the crawl space <laughs> I was just in the other day had spider webs all over. I know, I know. So then, who do you hire though? Who do you call to do that? A mold inspector. Okay, okay. So you I mean, and I know it sounds crazy, but you know. I don't know, and I and I know this. I'm not saying this to be rude, but who else would you hire? Like just a handyman? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. But if you're going to hire a mold inspector, you know, take advantage of that and say, "Hey, what do you charge for air testing?" And then run some air tests. Exactly. But keep this in mind too: if you're having a mold inspector go in there, he better be doing his job because I'll put money on it. I can pretty much go into any crawl space unless it's brand new home, and I can probably find mold. Okay. 
So, so, yeah. so yeah. But if you don't like critters, then you probably should hire someone because <laughs> there's going to be plenty of them. And there's your takeaway. If you don't like spiders, bugs, mice, or any of the things that crawl, hire somebody. We'll catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.